Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Wikipedia page for Kecksburg UFO Incident. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe or else the UFOs are going to come for you. All right, everybody. I can't confirm that UFOs will come for you if you do not describe, but I can confirm that if Cannot you... describe? What? I thought I said if you, they, they do not subscribe. I don't know if I pronounce it wrong or you are a crazy person. Por que no los dos? All right. Let's just get started, shall we? Before That's a good idea. any more time is wasted. Mm -hmm. Kecksburg UFO Incident. The Kecksburg UFO Incident occurred on December 9th, 1965 at Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, United States, when a fireball was reported by citizens of six U.S. states and Canada over Detroit, Michigan, and Windsor, Ontario. Astronomers said it was likely to have been a meteor bolide burning up in the atmosphere and descending at a steep angle. NASA released a statement in 2005 reporting that experts had examined fragments from the area and determined they were from a Soviet satellite, but that records of their findings were lost in 1987. NASA responded to court orders and Freedom of Information Act requests to search for the records, 
The incident gained wide notoriety in popular culture and ufology, with speculation ranging from extraterrestrial craft to debris from the Soviet space probe Cosmos 96 and is often called Pennsylvania's Roswell. Initial reports. On the evening of December 9th, 1965, a large, brilliant fireball was seen in at least six U.S. states and Ontario, Canada, as it streaked over the Detroit, Michigan, Windsor, Ontario area. Reports of hot metal debris over Michigan and northern Ohio, grass fires, and sonic booms in the Pittsburgh metropolitan area were attributed to the fireball. Some people in the village of Kecksburg, about 30 miles, 48 kilometers southeast of Pittsburgh, reported wisps of blue smoke, vibrations, and a thump. And also that something from the sky had crashed in the woods. I do want to point out that they have a model of the alleged object, and the model looks like either a beehive or a poop emoji. I thought it was a beehive. All right. Well, there you go. Two for beehive, one for poop emoji. Well, who's the third person here? I voted once on each side. You said it looked like one thing. I said it looked like two things. I voted twice. You voted once. I'd like to add another vote. I think it also looks like like an upside-down piece of pottery. Denied. An early story in the Greensburg Tribune Review stated the following. The area where the object landed was immediately sealed off on the order of U.S. Army and state police officials in anticipation of a close inspection of whatever may have fallen. State police officials there ordered the area roped off to await the expected arrival of both U.S. Army engineers and possibly civilian scientists. When state troopers and Air Force personnel searched the woods, they found, quote, absolutely nothing. A subsequent edition in the Tribune Review bore the headline, Searchers Failed to Find Object. (laughs) Authorities discounted proposed explanations such as a plane crash, errant missile test, or re-entering satellite debris and generally assumed it to be a meteor. Astronomer Paul Anier said the fireball was likely to have been a meteor entering the Earth's atmosphere. Geophysicist George Wetherillo discounted speculations that it was debris from a satellite and agreed that the reports were probably due to a meteor. Astronomers William P. Bildeman and Fred Hess said it undoubtedly was a meteor bolide. A spokesman for the Department of Defense in Washington said first reports indicated the reported fireball was a natural phenomenon. Scientific articles. Sky and telescope. Several articles were written about the fireball in science journals. The February 1966 issue of Sky and Telescope reported that the fireball was seen over the Detroit-Windsor area at about 4.44 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Federal Aviation Administration received 23 reports from aircraft pilots starting at 4.44 p.m. A seismograph 25 miles southwest of Detroit recorded shockwaves created by the fireball as it passed through the atmosphere. The Sky and Telescope article concluded that, quote, The path of the fireball extended roughly from northwest to southeast and ended in or near the western part of Lake Erie. Journal of the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada. Oh, this sounds like a great publication. 
1967 article by two astronomers in the Journal of the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, J.R.A.S.C., used the seismographic record to pinpoint the time of passage over the Detroit area to 4.43 p.m. In addition, they used photographs of the trail taken north of Detroit at two different locations to triangulate the trajectory of the object. They concluded that the fireball was descending at a steep angle moving from the southwest to the northeast and likely impacted on the northwestern shore of Lake Erie near Windsor, Ontario. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you descend at a steep angle. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Now let's get back to it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. You know how it is. I do? Yeah. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. NASA statements. In December 2005, just before the 40th anniversary of the Kecksburg incident, NASA released a statement reporting that experts had examined metallic fragments from the area and determined they were from a Russian satellite that re-entered the atmosphere and broke up. But records of their findings were lost in the 1980s. Leslie Keene, described as an investigative reporter backed by the Sci-Fi Channel, reportedly sued NASA under the Freedom of Information Act for the lost NASA records. On October 26, 2007, NASA agreed to search for those records after being ordered by a court. (laughs) They agreed after being ordered. (laughs) Okay, NASA, way to save face. During the hearing, Steve McConnell, NASA's public liaison officer, testified that two boxes of papers from the time of the Kecksburg incident were missing. Loss of records is not a unique case for NASA. For example, the original tapes recorded during the televised Apollo 11 moon landing were misplaced or reused. (laughs) Way to go, NASA. I was just recently reading something about that or watching something about that. How basically like a lot of old films and tapes degrade over time and or got lost. And so the fact that those tapes are gone are is quote unquote evidence that people who believe the moon landing never happened used to say that it never happened. Oh, the fact that some of the original tapes have degraded over time. Yeah, or gotten lost. That is a... It's not even interesting. <laughs> I think it's kind of entertaining. Uh, oh, well, I get Sorry, how I'm... it might entertain you. 
Sorry, I'm easily amused. I don't know. I don't want to talk down about your level of amusement. I think do what you want to do. Laugh at what you like to laugh at. That's what I say. I would think that as a as a comedian such yeah, as yourself, you I am. Would encourage my being easily amused. Wow, that is strange that you would think that as a comedian such as myself that I would encourage you being easily amused because as a comedian I would never encourage people to laugh at things that I don't think deserve laughter. But who gets to decide what deserves laughter? The person who is laughing. The person who's the audience, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I see an audience laughing at a bunch of jokes that I think are dumb or, you know, maybe just bad and the whole audience is laughing at them, I don't, it doesn't make me happy <laughs> to watch an audience laugh at terrible things or terrible jokes. I'm actually a terrible <laughs> audience member, as you know, because I don't usually laugh out loud and I rarely applaud. What great information to share with everyone. It's true, audience members of Wikilisten. I'll come to your show, but I might not laugh out loud. In 2008, space writer James Oberg suggested that NASA was unlikely to possess any such documents since in his view, it was highly likely that the supposed NASA team that investigated the site were in fact Air Force personnel who identified themselves as NASA personnel, something regularly done by military personnel in civilian clothes during the 1960s weird. He further suggested that Keen's action was no more than a publicity stunt for the benefit of Keen's employers. According to John Venture of the MUFON and Shafton native Owen Eckler, their recent investigations have led them to speculate the object that reportedly landed in Kexford was a General Electric Mark II re-entry vehicle that had been launched by the Air Force as a spy satellite but fell out of orbit. However, We need confirmation from NASA on the Air Force. More recent comments by NASA are less supportive of a link to a Soviet satellite. Do you want to take that quote paragraph? There is some speculation that the re-entry of the Cosmos 96 Venera-type spacecraft was responsible for a fireball which was seen over southwestern Ontario, Canada, at least eight states from Michigan to New York at 4.43 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2043 UT on 9th of December, 1965. Investigation of photographs and sightings of the fireball indicated the path through the atmosphere was probably too steep to be consistent with a spacecraft re-entering from Earth orbit and was more likely a meteor in a prograde orbit from the vicinity of the asteroid belt and probably ended its flight over western Lake Erie. U.S. Air Force tracking data on Cosmos 96 also indicate the spacecraft orbit decade earlier than 2143 UT on 9th of December. Other analyses of the spacecraft orbit definitively indicate it could not have been the Cosmos 96 spacecraft. Some unconfirmed reports state the fireball subsequently landed in Pennsylvania, southeast of Pittsburgh, near the town of Kecksburg, 40.2 in 
79.5 W. I think that's north and west at 4.46 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, although it should be noted that estimating the impact point of fireballs from eyewitness accounts is notoriously inaccurate. Wow, that was the most normal you've ever sounded. Yep, thank you. Television and film. In 1990, the NBC television show Unsolved Mysteries aired an episode partially devoted to the incident. The episode suggested an extraterrestrial craft had crashed. It quoted local residents at the time who said they had found an object in the woods shaped like an acorn and about as large as a Volkswagen Beetle bearing writing resembling Egyptian hieroglyphs, which was subsequently removed in secret military operation. A prop from that show remains on display in the village. In 2003, the Sci-Fi Channel aired a two-hour documentary, The New Roswell Kecksburg Expose, hosted by Bryant Gumbel. In it, Kecksburg resident John Hayes says that as a 10-year-old boy, he saw a flatbed truck emerging from the site near his house carrying something the size of a VW. An exact repetition of the claims he made in the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries Season 3 in 1990. In 2008, an episode of the Discovery Channel series Nazi UFO Conspiracy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Discovery Channel, are you okay? Suggested the incident was the recovery of an alleged Nazi UFO called Die Glock, the Bell. Um. Nazi UFO and it has its own page. Yeah, there is a page for Nazi UFO. We definitely will be reading it later. In February 2009, the History Channel's UFO Hunter suggested a military conspiracy and cover-up related to the incident. Yeah. <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> I used to write for shows like these and they would always really? do that. Yeah. They would just take it and just like try to add like they would have us research as much as we could to make it more uh, salacious. Wow, that's hilarious. Can you give an example of one of the shows? I worked on this show, I think it was called Forgotten History or something like that. And it was on like Discovery, one of the Discovery Channel. And it was just a show where we would just like find things in history that people maybe sort of heard about. And then really 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 dig deep and give a lot of like new facts that back up a salacious story hilarious in 2011 the history channel's ancient aliens suggested the alleged nazi secret weapon die glock was recovered at kecksburg prompting a government conspiracy and cover-up you know i just wasn't expecting to read that much about nazis on this page <laughs> In 2014, Giorgio A. Sakalos, with the History Channel's In Search of Aliens, visited the supposed crash site led by local UFO researcher Stan Gordon. On September 12, 2019, producer-director Cody Knotts premiered his film Kecksburg. It dramatizes the story of real-life John Murphy, a reporter for a local radio station WHJB who was among the first to arrive on the scene as he tries to learn more about the mysterious object that crash-landed in the rural woodlands. Filmmaker Andrew Patterson has said that the plot of his 2019 film, The Vast of Night, was partially based on the Kecksburg incident. 
In 2021, UFO Witness Episode 1 focuses on the incident and uncovers new information. Citation needed. Well, there you have it. The Kecksburg UFO incident. Seems pretty nifty that a beehive or poop emoji came from the sky and changed everyone's lives. Everyone's? Everyone who saw it. Ah, that's very true. Yeah, I'm not trying to be accurate. I'm just being poetic. Oh, I see. I see. This has been the Wikipedia page for Kecksburg UFO Incident. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten. Except for X, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button with all of your evidence that UFOs have crashed on Earth. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.